up we we had to we only got about halfway through or two-thirds of the way through our talk last week and due to fire danger we had a we had a fire not far from here and nothing between us and it but dry brush so we decided we better to have so many cars parked outside in case of fire time on case fire engines had to come through or something we decided to cancel to stop so we were we had gone through the we're in the Buddha Shuri section of the puja the Kali Puja. This uh, uh, Shuti that's science, the tantric science of inner purification, or purification of the body, or of the elements, or of the self. All those meanings are there. I think we went through a few different things, not just Puttashuti. A circle of fire, the Atma, some Pranayama, and then we ended up with Puttashuti. But we didn't, we, we were, I think we talked mostly about the, the four mantras, which we'll chant one more time today, just to orient ourselves, that are part of the, um, the so these four mantras are themselves the Puttashuti. And just saying the mantra, there's a little bit of concentration and, and understanding itself is a purification. But then in the large, and in the small puja book, the simple Kali puja book, that's what's given, just the, the, the four mantras, and that itself is a puja-shuti. In the more elaborate puja, there is a visualization. All the things that are described in the mantras are then done, are visualized done. And they can be done or not done, but just thinking about them. This is not an instruction how to do, do them, although there's books and things that you can, if you look it up online, you can see some general instructions. They're taken from the, primarily from the Devi Bhagavatam. They appear in the tantras, but the, a very um, developed form of this practice is in Devi Bhagavatam. Uh, I think Narayan speaking to Narada, I believe, in the in, in this section. Very important section. A lot of important things are discussed. But uh, but by going through the um, uh, that um, the visualization or the the idea behind it, you, there's a lot there's a lot encoded. There's a lot of information. In it, so it'll be interesting. I think I'll chant the mantras from yesterday, from, from last week. Om Bhutra Shinga Shashiraha Shashumnavadena Jiva Shivam Param Shiva Swaha Enmeshed in the elements from the base chakras to the path of the Sushumna, we rise our individual soul, united with Supreme Shiva, the lotus of the head. Om Yang Linga Shariram Shoshaya Shoshaya Swaha. O air, dry, dry up the subtle body. Om Ram Sankocham Shariram Dahadaha Swaha. O fire, burn, burn up the causal body. Om Paramashiva Sushumna Patena. Pula Shinga Tamula Salasa Jalajara Prajara Prajara Soham Hamsaha Swaha. O Supreme Shiva, light up the path of Sushumna from the base chakra on up. Shine, shine, illumine, illumine. I am He, He is I, Swaha. 
But yes, those four mantras with tamil concentration, they're quite, they're, they're, they, they, they do it. Uh, but then what's described, we, did, we went through the four mantras last week. So I won't, uh, what's, what's described in the mantras can also be visualized. And that's one of the specialties of tantra is that it's, it uses uh, the, the, uh, the, the we t- last week we talked about the whole system, the map of the chakras and kundalini and shiva, shakti at the base of the spine and, and shiva at the top of the head and the different elements and how supreme consciousness gets gets um, tightened and tightened and tightened through from, from, from space to air to fire to water to earth like that as consciousness is condensed and tightened and tightened and tightened into matter. And so our problem is that we think, as a result, we're yogically we can say, oh, we're trapped in matter, or we're trapped in the base in muladhara. Kundalini is trapped in muladhara. A little more psychologically, we're, we we believe we're the body, right? And we believe the material world is the reality. So in other words, we're, we have body conscious, deha, uh, uh, tatva, uh, de, uh, body consciousness, and or or material consciousness, the same thing, seen seen from different perspectives. So how to undo it? So, um, let's see here. There's a famous line, which I should know. I will, maybe by the end of the talk, will come back to me. Uh, I mean, it says that only uh, only that only God can worship God, right? Uh, only a de- uh, uh, so that uh, deva only can worship a deva, right? So the problem is that we want to worship God, but the we can't worship God. Right, so only God can worship God ultimately. Only God can can realize God. So how do we, so this whole process is one method of getting out of the way, right? Transforming ourselves. We get out of our way by first dismantling at least psych, psychologically or energetically or visualization, dismantling the structure that makes us think we're an individual, right? And when that's removed and the union at least subtly happens. We get out of the way. The ego gets out of the way. Our false identification gets out of the way, and then what's already there can manifest, right? And or it, our goal is we want to worship God, so that that the ma then cheese in, in the next section. Ma is installed. Ma is invoked. The deity is invoked in the heart and in the body, and then ma worships ma. God worships God. Vishnu worships Vishnu. This is the idea. So and and we we began to speak last week. But when we got interrupted with a devastating fire. Um, that consciousness has no uh, form of its own, right? It, but it seems to take the form of its container. Of course, nothing contains consciousness, right? All, all the container, the body, the world, the universe, everything we think is containing it is contained within consciousness. But we think that we're con- that consciousness, our consciousness, is contained in the body and mind. In the world, right? Not the, the opposite. Everything exists within consciousness, but as if we think we're contained within. We have a container, so it takes on the quality of the container. So we say, "Oh, I am." So we think, oh, "I am Bajrananda. I am Swami. I am, you know, lazy. I mean, whatever the whatever the you put our, any of the, the qualities of the of the container in, right? We think we're this. We think we're this, right? When we're if we're not this. The, the Upanishads, you're that. <laughs> you're the, you're the, 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 thou art that, right? You know, not the, you know, you're not this. <laughs> thou art that. <laughs> to play with the, 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 the Mahavakyas, you know. So how to this is how to uh, unpack that. So in the in the in the um, in the um, in the 
Devi Bhagavatam. The, the method we're using in the in the puja is primarily from Devi Bhagavatam, so I'll use that as the description. It says to mentally lower the individual from the heart chakra to the base center. So what does this mean? So it's the of course the individual. Where is the individual? Sort of the individual is the infinite imagined to be contained. So it's, there is no actual individual in the in that in, in, in a technical sense. Right? Where is the sense of I so but we can we usually think, oh like, oh my god, I feel I feel it. You know, it's like we, we usually think and, and, and in the Upanishads also describe within the chamber of the heart there's a secret there's a secret room in that room there's a flame, you know, like the soul if the soul exists as individual, we usually consider it in the center. Again, it's the opposite, but that's the way they think of it. And so it's described as either seen is like an like a unflickering flame, a candle flame that's not in a windless place. That's often given as a symbol of meditation, like the mind should not flicker, like a candle in a windless, in a windless place. So we usually see that's a flame. So our Guruji, he uses, everybody has their own method. He uses some, some spark, some divine spark. Some, he uses the idea of like a spark, right, or a gem. Right and uh, 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 Swami Omananda says some uh, uh, star, right? Whatever whatever the methods are, or Swami uh, and then Handiya Baba said uh, not even as far it's a point, like a dot, like a point, like a point. A point has at the place, but no actual circumference, no actual you know it's it's not an actual has no space, but it's a but however it's imagined. But uh, and the Upanishads describe it as a flame the size of the thumb. The Bhagavad Gita describes it as one ten thousandth the size of the tip of a hair, right? So all these things, none of them are perfect. These are just ways to concentrate, right? But in the, in, it usually describes it as a, as a flame in a, in a windless place. Imagine in, in the lotus of the heart. So this is the sense of I, and so we imagine as if as if we're there, like that, and, and we're there and we're that. And at the base of the spine, we imagine. Um, uh, at the base, underneath the muladhara, we see in the muladhara chakra there is a triangle, right? A, a pit, a, a fiery pit, right? The color of fire, uh, and there we see, imagine that kundalini, the snake, wrapped three and a half times around a black shivalingam, right? With his head on the top of the shivalingam, like you've seen, of course. Like, well now, like this. <laughs> this is my reminder. <laughs> Probably I can't see it all the time, but <laughs> I think it's. I try to remember. Exactly, the the snake is there, wrapped uh, wrapped around. So that's usually how we, we mentioned last week how the idea of like a spring or a snake is that you you take something really big and powerful and condense it and condense and condense it. It's a, a spring is a perfect example. If you lock down the spring like a jack in the box type of, you know, you all that energy and you open it up, it can it unfurls, right? So a snake is perfect. Like you see a coiled snake. A coiled snake may not be moving, but at any moment it can strike. Right, that's a very unpredictable. Right, is that, and if a snake is just mo- is, is coiled and not moving, and all of a sudden it strikes, what happens? What's the difference? The difference between a snake moving and a snake striking, uh, uh, in in coiled and a, and a snake striking. There's a, there, it's the same snake. Where did that power to strike come from? It was there, right? Swami Chidananda, on this point, he says, so you sit there in meditation, body still, prana is calm. The mind still, and somebody goes, but then under lunch, okay, and you, you jump up and you run. Right? <laughs> Where the kind of, you were perfectly still, and then you jumped, you jumped up, right? The power to jump up was there, latent, 
right? Even in our even our even work, we, we can be still and we can be in motion, right? So that same that the idea that latent, so Kundalini is latent power, right? So that's the idea. It's coiled, ready, right? And it's wrapped around this Shivalingam, and it has five. I think we mentioned this last week. Also, the five hoods. Often it's one hood or five hood or a thousand hoods. You know, you leave the, the because the radiating the radiating energy of the Kundalini, we would consider prana. Prana is not directly Kundalini. It's a radiation of the Kundalini. It's, it's a movement of of a force around the, the due to the radiating Shakti of consciousness, uh, and that separates in the in the human body as five primary pranas, right? Um, which this is not today's topic, but it's an interesting topic of the five pranas, how the five pranas work. But it, uh, so that's why often you see a five-hooded serpent, uh, um, and so it's 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 uh, and and it's, often it's seen with its tail in its mouth. That's another common image. That's another little detail. You don't see it always painted this way. But you probably have seen paintings of, of or drawing. With, there's a name for that, I think, right? Hmm. Yeah, but there's a name for the snake with its tail in its mouth. There's a, I'm forgetting. I think even the, in the Ramakrishna mission, the logo, the seal has, I think, a snake with its tail in its mouth, a circle I around. Think, I think it's in the mouth. No, it's a serpent. But our, I have it right here. This is the, the, the logo. Swami, my Guruji made a symbol of his ashram. And he put his own, kind of like, inspired probably by Iran. But also on the, on the outer circles is a serpent with, I just hadn't thought about that, the snake in its mouth. Right. Because as soon as it opens, it's, once it releases it, then it can go. That's the idea. That's what's stopping, right? And so, and also that shivaling at the base of the spine, what is that shivaling? Actually, it's Shiva is consciousness. Shiva, and it's black. It's always visualized as black. We have a black shivaling at the base of the spine. That same, if you go in the elaborate details of the chakras, that whole system on science and, and, and meditation on the chakras, there's another shivalingam in the heart that's gray, right? And there's another shivalingam at the third eye, and that's clear like crystal, right? So black at the base, gray at the heart, and, and clear at the, at, the th- at the third eye, right? It's actually the same shivalingam. It's the same shivalingam, right? It's the self, it's consciousness, it's the jiva, it's the supreme, right? But seen in the in the base, it's it's seen densely, right? In the heart, it's seen opaquely, and in the third, it's seen clearly. And Shiva himself, actually, we usually think of Shiva is is a, a what color is Shiva? It's a trick question. Some of you know the answer. If you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. But if you know the answer, what color is Lord Shiva? Hmm? You're, you say clear. He said, who said ash colored? Ash. ash. That's a good one too. So, hmm, blue, ah, that's another, there's all these good colors for Shiva, right? Also, he's Mahakala is black, also there's all these different colors, so, but isn't, Shiva is, must be the same Shiva, he's all these different <laughs> colors, right? So, uh, in, in the, in the Kali, Kalika Purana, right, one of the great uh, uh, Tantric Puranas, it's an, uh, it's a minor Purana, it's not one of the main Puranas, called Upa Purana, an extra Purana, uh, uh, and it's especially associated with the Kamakya Temple. Right, it's like the local legend of the Kamakya Temple, and it very it doesn't vary from very even though it's a it's a localized book it's a but it's very profound. Of course, Kamakya Temple is the seed of it's the seed of the tantric tradition. It's the Makkah of of of, of, of tantric. So go there when you got to go. Uh, I'm not yet gone. But uh, in the Kalika Purana, it says that Shiva and Parvati, in their love play with each other, Shiva began to sweat a little bit, right. And a little bit of the ash from his chest washed off. And Parvati saw 
in, 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 in saw in his, but underneath, underneath, it became. She saw in his, in his, in his heart, in his chest, he saw a woman's face. Another woman in your heart? <laughs> you got Shiva because they have a special arrangement, right? Many of the gods have various wives and this type of thing, right? Shiva only has one wife. They took in a vow that he'll never have another besides Parvati. Right, it can be no second. So she got very flew into a rage in the book. Right, very very angry. That's her one of the forms of Kali. Actually, Parvati is dark. She's black. Right, even Parvati and Kali is black. Right, and so she got very upset and and, and flew into a rage. And then she went and there's a long story, which I'm this is way off the topic, but it's a great story. <laughs> Kalika Purana, you know, read it yourself, but it's not easy to find. I think I have the only copy in California, but and you can't borrow it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the only problem. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> but um, um, uh, she, she does then tremendous tapasya, right? And he does, I mean, there's a long thing, and eventually she, they, she realized what happened, right? after years and thousands of years of tapasya herself and him doing, trying to placate her for thousands of years. But actually, it, it was his heart, actually, he's actually crystal clear. He's covered in ash, so he looks white. He's the color of spatik, crystal. Right? That's why a crystal shivalingam is considered very auspicious. We have several crystal shivalingams, right? It says in the Shastra, even to see a crystal shivalingam, right, takes hundreds of years of tapasya in your past lives. So if you've ever seen one, and if you can find one to look at and see, then we'll see if you can find it. I'll let you guys search, search for it to see how much tapasya you've done in your past lives. Whether or not you can actually find and actually see what to speak of, worship a, a crystal, a crystal uh, shivalingam. Right? Even to see, it says, it says like that, it's, from, it's so much punya in order to see. But, so, so Shiva actually is crystal clear. And he's, so in, when some of the ash was white, she saw a woman. Who did she see? She saw her own reflection. The woman's face was Parvati's face. And Parvati immediately grew into, ah, you have another woman in your heart. Right? It was only, only Parvati in his heart. But actually there's a very great significance because that's the thing. In, within this context, we see duality. There's no duality. That's the symbol of Shiva is crystal clear. But within that, I mean, as soon as you see, as soon as, as soon as the, because there has to be duality between Shiva and Parvati, the seer and the seen, Within the one, there's a, there's a, a implied two. We've talked about this before. One of the principles of tantra, like in order to have one, you need two, right? You need in order to have consciousness, one must be conscious of something. But there's no second thing. So Shiva's conscious of himself. That means he looks at himself, right? Looking at himself is looking at Parvati, his own shakti, which is himself only. So that's the first, the first uh, uh, called precaution vimarsha, the light of consciousness and and reflection of that consciousness, right? When that happens, you have duality, a seeming duality. When you have du- a seeming duality, it's easy to make a mistake. <laughs> you get lost in it very easily, right? So this in the story, so 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 that Shivalingam is black in the base, and fully fully clear at the higher at at the at the last point, right? So that Shivalingam, the at the base of the spine within a tri- fiery triangle, right? We have the sh- uh, black Shivalingam and a coiled serpent that's described like like a. Um, Bright red, it's like the sh- uh, the color of shakti, right? Shakti colored red, right? Our Guruji said to see it like a like a like a like a something we use fluorescent light. This is one way of thinking, or of a of, um, it's one you can bend those lights you make people like open and close and cocktails and neon like a neon. That's the way of thinking. It's like a, like imagine like a neon, like like fully radiant, 
<laughs> like, he, like he was trying to use that he meant neon, <laughs> right? So it's a neon like that. And then the the self, the jiva, is imagined to in, from the lotus of the heart to go through the path of the shushumna, right? Back down through, right? Imagine going through a tunnel or something, however how you however it's imagined and you, and and descending, and then merging in the head of the serpent. And you see, serpents have jewels. This is, right, we have one right here. Right, the common. This is one of the symbols of the jewel within the the head of of the serpents. Right, and uh, and so that so and merges with because actually our individual self is just it's 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 the radi it comes from the, it's also part of the radiating consciousness of Kundalini due to the due to the absurdity of of the mistaken absurdity of duality. We ended up thinking ourselves as an individual, but it's actually non different from that Shakti of Kundalini. So we merge it in that. And then contracting the Muladhara, there's a trigger point at the very base of the spine. Muladhara is not at the base of the spine, it's the base of the body. The base of the spine actually is the second chakra at the spine, right? Uh, but at the Muladhara is actually where you, literally where you sit, the very bottom, very, very, very bottom of the body, that's Muladhara chakra. So there there's also there's a way you can contract, there's a muscle you can contract, and Tantra they know this muscle. So that muscle is slightly contracted, and mentally the mantra hum is said, right? That's a that's a fiery mantra, an awakening mantra, right? And then you imagine that the kundalini is stirred, and the snake is awakened, right? And the snake begins to come up, right? And when it comes up, along with the snake is also the jewel, which is us, the individual idea, the individualized self, right? And so the snake comes up, and as it comes up, it pierces each chakra. And it can be done different. It can be there's so many different ways of imagining it, right? But common ways that in the, the tantra that is given, as each one is imagined as a downward drooping lotus, right? So each 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 uh, they're downward drooping, and as the snake enters and gives shakti to it, it turns upward and blooms. This is a there's many different visualizations. This is one visualization, right? Uh, you can find it throughout the different texts and different people's experiences. But either, but as a shakti comes, it, it it awakens, it enlivens, it communes with each chakra, and it begins to, or pierces each chakra, right through that, and one by one, chakra by chakra by chakra by chakra, it comes up, right. And what's that's what's happening is as the chakras are, are being then first it's earth element. Each chakra has elements attached to them: or earth element, water element, fire element, air element. So it's moving up. Therefore, what you can think of it as if if, if from, from consciousness to space, from consciousness to to uh, uh, mind and ego and 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 buddhi and like that to to space to air to fire to water to earth right this is the condensing down so this is the release each one is a release higher and freer and freer and freer each chakra up is consciousness imagined to be ex- expanding and expanding and expanding right. So until until it comes up and actually you see a hood in that serp that shivalingam you really see this. Uh, we have so many. Do we have any here with us? Yeah, we have one there with the serpent around it, right? The black one on Shiva. You can see afterward it has a, has a serpent on it, right? As it comes up, so we, what's the next shivalingam that it, it circles, right? It she comes and unites with Shiva. Shiva's the top of the head, right? So our head is also a shiva. This body is a shivalingam. Right, actually, when you're sitting, the body, the bottom is when you're sitting in meditation pose, in a lotus posture, your body is a triangle. This is the shakti, right? The 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 gorupitam, right? And the body itself is a lingam. This itself is a shiva and shakti. We're giving some kind of tantric uh, meditation on this, right? 
And so when it comes, so it's like you go outside our Shivalingam outside. We have the the Gauri Pitam, the the, the Yoni, the the Pitam, the Shakti. We have the Shivalingam, and we have a giant silver snake, right? Same thing. Shakti Lingam and the giant snake that comes up the spine and covers. And what it does, it, it spreads over the head, right? Actually, so this is a, this is the visualization. That's actually when it comes up, and that's actually a great symbol. It's a reverse symbol of the spine and this and the. Uh, and the um, uh, brain also. The brain spreads out and comes down. You can imagine like this, right? And so that's the. This is what's imagined. It comes up, and that the the jiva, the jewel, the top of the head, the gem or the jewel, the light or the star or the flame at the top of the head, comes up and now touches the infinite shiva, right? So that symbolically, through visualization, the union of of, of shakti and shiva, and in our experience, we'd, we'd imagine it as a union of the individual with the supreme, with the infinite, the finite was infinite, or the individual was the supreme. Right. Mentally lower the individual soul from the heart chakra to the base of the spine, a luminous red triangle at the base of the spine. In its center, visualize the brilliant energy of Kundalini coiled three and a half times around an astral shivalingam. Merge individual soul with the Kundalini, contract the base center trigger point, mentally chanting hum, chant so hum. So I forgot, so hum is hum and then so hum to bring it up. Soham is is I am that I am, right? So it's it's the it's a statement of the one of the individual realizing or identifying with the absolute. Visualize the awakened Kundalini with the Jivatman, the individual soul rising along to Shimna, piercing each chakra and uniting with the with Shiva and the inverted one thousand pada lotus, the top of the head, bright as a thousand suns. So the, th- the, the, the top uh, lotus is considered a thousand petal. Thousand petal is not an accurate number. It's thousand means infinite, right? Ananta shesha is all oh, the thousand hooded. Exactly, ananta means uh, uh, unlimited, without end, right? So the ananta shesha or sahasra, a thousand is a symbol of a thousand of uh, uh, infinite. Uh, so that means if 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 each element, the four like earth element is there's four things that go to make up earth element. There's four petals, the four letters that go to make a certain bij mantra. The, you know each letter, each each chakra, each element has a different um, level number of qualities that go to make it up, right? That join together to make it up, right? A thousand means these are all qualities, unlimited qualities, the source of everything, right? Uncounted qualities. So if if each experience, if if our experience of pleasure in the material in in the earth plane, right? It's, you can see the problem is earth earth is the most limited, right? Muladhara is the most limited. Therefore, the body is the most limited, and the world is the most limited as we see it, right? So the pleasures here they're li- quite limited actually, right? And they're mixed with a lot of pain. More you know any pleasure is mixed with an equivalent amount of pain. The world this is this is the most dualistic in the world of duality, you know. So I, I, but still. We're after pleasure, and we get some pleasure. We get some joy, some pleasure, some rasa, right? Some taste, right? But it's never fully satisfying because it's. But even that, it's so. Everything, every animal's running, every human being's running after pleasure, right? The the pleasure, the highest pleasure in the material in the material consciousness it means in the, through the physical body and the material world. If that's at the that's that's the lowest type of pleasure. Our highest pleasure is the lowest type of pleasure imaginable, right? You go to the second chakra, right? That so that's from 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 earth to water, right? And 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 that thing is a huge jump, 
right? You know, ac actually, right? So it's considered thousands of times more liberated. And therefore the experiences of the second chakra will be thousands of times, or hundreds of times at least, uh, freer, more blissful, higher, more refined uh, 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 than, than the other experiences. So, each, so each, each experience of each chakra is another level of consciousness, another expansion of consciousness. It's going to be hundreds and thousands and millions of times greater, the joy, the possible joy. So it's a thousand petal, which is infinite. The idea is that it's infinitely great. The pleasure, the, 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 uh, the feeling, the experience, the bliss. That we, we, that we call, we label bliss instead of pleasure. Right? Pleasure is a great, great word, but pleasure, you know, we have certain definitions of pleasure. This is infinitely more than that. Right? So Sami Lakshmanjuhi, he said that if, the, if, the, if, there's, if in, in the material world, the highest joy is uh, sexual bliss, sexual pleasure. Imagine, like he said, mil billions of times that called super sexual joy. He called it millions of times. And I in one in one interview with with him, somebody, he was trying to say this point. So, oh, so you you mean sexual joy? He says, no, 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 super sexual joy, mm -hmm. right? I mean, in, 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 because it, sexual joy is the highest at the, at in in, in 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 body consciousness. This is this is union of Shiva and Shakti or individual. The real union, infinitely higher more expanded, not at the most limited. At the most limited, it's all-consuming. In the infinite, it's inconceivably consuming, right? That's the, the longing of the, of, of, of the devotee. Want is, and actually, that's the thing is, what we're searching for really is that, right? Kundalini, the, we, we get a little bit of radiant, radiating shakti of trapped Kundalini, and we think, oh my God, we're so, everything is so wonderful, right? It's like, it's, it's not, it's, it's not what it's. It's not the uh, Kundalini will never be satisfied until it has union with Shiva, right? To, so personally, we can say another way to say it is: we cannot be satisfied until we have union with God. The individual has union. Either it can be complete union in the form of a, 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 a full identification. That's in certain schools of thought, or union through connection, through love, through affection, through. So union means two things can be, be as if one. We call that union. So however. The dualistic school, devotional schools, non-dualistic schools, same thing is mentioned. Right. That's actually what we what we really want, right? <clears throat> and that's actually what we're searching. Every level of our experience and every search of our of happiness and that we're trying to experience at every level of our being, that's really what we're searching for. And that's why we're not, that's why at the lower levels, we're never fully satisfied, right? You see, as soon as you eat something, wow, that's so good. The second it the second it leaves the tongue, it's already gone, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like the best meal. I had some very good meals recently, right? The best meals, <laughs> right? I mean, literally, it means it's like starters are not that good. <laughs> Even the best meal, the really good restaurants, you know, <laughs> they're not that good, really, you know. But even that, you like they're they're good for a second, right? As soon as they leave the tongue, they're not good anymore. And then even when they're on the tongue, you're like going, you know, I thought they'd be better. It's pretty expensive <laughs> for, what it, for what it actually is. You know, Wish's cooking is better. <laughs> Lopa's cooking is way better. You know, so you get this fancy thing. But, but as soon as it touches the tongue, it's gone. But even then, when it touches the tongue, it's really not that good. And when it touches the tongue, the second it's finished. And we've, we've, we use this, because I think about this a lot, about the limitation of the senses, that, that we've, we've mentioned this before. But also... It's never that good. You see, if it's a little bit, a tiny bit too salty, it's not good. If it's not salty enough, it's not good. Right? You know, it's like if it's too spicy, it's not good. If it's not spicy enough, it's not good. Right? It's like, it's like the, the limits of what's what we consider 
good or pleasurable, blissful, is so minute, and then the experience is, is barely ever there and never makes up to our standard. And when it is, it's gone the second it's experience. This is one problem. And maybe we can expand it a little bit, a few minutes, a few seconds, a few, you know, we can, we can, we can expand it psychologically through memory and hope and expand that pleasure some, some, a little bit. But it's not, it's not, it doesn't hold up. So that's true because it's at its most limited, right? That's not true at the highest level. That's the thing. What we really want is that is 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 uh, uh, St. Augustine in his confession says, what is, uh, word made to be perfect, but our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. That's something like that, right? That's right. Probably perfect. Our hearts are restless, Lord, until they rest in thee. That's actually what we really want. Actually, he was looking, if we know the story of St. Augustine, he was he was a uh, ancient world's famous playboy. Right, he was uh, 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 and gave it his best shot, you know, you know, and then and then and, and uh, uh, <laughs> he was trying. But the thing is, he realized. But even then, he also realized. But the, in the, in the in the midst of all this, he was searching for God. That's why he was so uh, full of energy to try to find happiness and try to find pleasure and try to find satisfaction, right? Uh, con fuerza. He said, he says, if you're going to sin, sin with gusto. Right, he made this comment <laughs> with strength. Right, it means it because like at least you try, try, he tried to find happiness. Right, it's like the problem is from wishy-washy. We don't do, we don't find happiness. We, we don't, we're not good. We're not bad. We don't, we don't. Say, some some are like a wet, like a ringed wet cloth. There's nothing. Right, there's no grit. You know, but, but passion trying to find happiness. If you're trying to find, some of you are gonna say even somebody like the the glutton is at least searching for God. The uh, the uh, lustful person searching for God. A drunkard is searching for God, right? You know, it's like ways that maybe it's almost, I mean, not maybe, it's guaranteed not to be fully satisfying. But the shakti behind it, at least they're searching. They don't know where to search, but at least, but the search is, the desire is awakened, right? But so, but we really want, Kundalini is, is not satisfied with some, some little aspects of the of, of experience in Muladhara, of the earth, of, of the most limited consciousness. He wants freedom, right? We want, so another word for freedom, wants liberation, Right, mukti, salvation, liberation. So this is you want, you want, it doesn't want to be bound; it wants to be freed, right? So that's represented by the top of the head, right? So in this visualization, the serpent is brought up, the kundalini is brought up along with the self, brought up, and in union with the top at the top of the head, and just imagined the idea of infinite union, right? Just like, and, and we've done them. I'm not going to do it here, but I've done it in classes. As you see, I we did a class once, and just everybody closed your eyes. Just imagine. Right, like you, you kind of give give the visualization, right? And you say, imagine like infinite consciousness and union and super everything, you know. And and you can see, and they're like, <laughs> you know, you, I, I have my, they have their eyes open. I'm watching. Right? Everybody's like blissed out. They're not blissed out. They're imagining being blissed out, and they're blissed out. Right? That's the thing. It's like it's <laughs> that's the amazing part. Even the even the 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 the, the imagination of it, the wisp of it, the the, the scent of it. Because that's really what we want. We want to be blissed out. You know, not use it, blissed out is not a good term, but you know what I mean. We want the highest. We want infinite bliss, infinite happiness. We want freedom, joy, and freedom. You know, and to even imagine it doesn't think. So some people are going to say imagination becomes visualization becomes realization, right? There's something to it. We're we're not imagining something that's not real. If you imagine something, it's a, the Panishad describes this like imagining a, a castle in the sky. Actually, the term is used as um, a, a sky, a cloud flower, sky flower. We would say a castle in the sky, right? You can imagine it. We can all sit there and imagine it, but it's, it, there's no benefit because it's not real. It's by definition not real, 
right? So uh, this is, but this we're imagining that is real. Therefore, we get some, we get some, even even imagining, we get some taste, some, some happiness from that. And then also we create, even though we maybe imagine it's maybe pretend, but it's pretending about something that's real, right? Uh, like 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 if you're a rich man's son or a rich man's daughter, right? And I say, and I say imagine, and you don't know it, and say imagine you were rich, right? It's like it's like you can, but it, actually I'm telling you, imagine what's what's real, what's real. You actually are rich, right? Right, so that's a, that's a different. To, to, to a poor person, you know, if I guess like I can sit there and imagine I'm rich, it's not going to help. I imagine that's not true. But somebody who act, the thing we're imagining what actually is true. So um, and also you create a vritti, you create a pattern of thought. Right, we have so many thoughts that are opposite of this. At least a few minutes a day, or during puja, or in our spiritual practice, in our meditation, we can imagine a very high thing. Imagine that we're one with God, or that we're in union with God. Right. Right. That creates an effect, a vritti, a pathway, a passage for further thinking. And it's good because it happens good if we're imagining something that's actually true. That helps. Right. Shiva, uh, uniting with the Shiva and the inverted uh, Shiva and the inverted thousand petal lotus in the top of the head, bright as a thousand suns. Feel that the twenty-four cosmic principles. That is earth, water, fire, air, sky, sound, touch, form, taste, smell, nose, tongue, eye, skin, ear, speech, hands, legs, organs of evacuation and generation, nature, mind, intellect, and ego have merged in the Supreme Self. So, got that? You should think that every day. <laughs> All those things. Of course, that requires some knowledge of the 24 tattvas. This is from the Sankhya system, right? Something in the Sankhya system. But of course, we don't always think. But imagine All the elements and the senses... And the and, and the and the um, and the organs, everything that's created around these things, everything is merged higher and higher and back into its original source, right? And feel yourself to be that supreme self. So just so that, even if it's just for in in the Buddha Shuddhi Mandha, it can just be for a second, right? To think for a second is is a lot. We can hold it for a second. It's, I mean, we can we we hold pasta to our tongue for a second. And we think it's a lot. <laughs> Right, we can hold this. To, we can have this this feeling just for a second, and that's quite the effect of that. Actually, a moment from that could last. If we actually saw it for a second, that could change everything forever. Right. So uh, imagine yourself as as one or in union with that supreme. Right. Now, in the in the in the in the Devi Bhagavatam, I'll use the Devi Bhagavatam version because it elaborates a bit more. It's a more. I think it's more interesting. Um, it says then. We we follow we we take two three breaths, was following the the sound of the mantra up and down the spine, right? So the slow hum as we breathe in and out. There's a way of doing it like that because and that's in a certain sense is is connecting the whole thing. It's it's uh, normally we're we're breathing from the base up, right? We're we're trapped in the radiant energies moving our lungs and moving things up and down and out and about and like that. But this is different. This is we're breathing from the top down. In the union, where the movement is up and down the spine, up and down our being, like this, right? So that's one thing. It's not mentioned in our puja book, but it's mentioned in the different bhavatams. It's interesting. So that's where it ends uh, in this section. Before there's another pranayama and visualization, in the in the Devi Bhagavatam, another thing is added, which I think is very interesting. So it's good to think about. Then, because um, we like, what does it mean? Oh, we, we we dissolve the five elements and the five uh, organs of action, the five organs of locomotion, the five organs of knowledge. That's not very concept, not very easy to conceive. 
So it's we can conceive it's like we it's like the 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 the, the chakras are good visual images. Yantras are also powerful images. Yantras are even more abstract, but very easy to concentrate on, but very abstract, and therefore contain a lot of uh, a lot a lot of a lot of power in a, in a simple idea, right? And so the body is replaced, the physical body, which has been left behind, you've been absorbed. So now you can look down at the physical body, which is still here, right? Right? But it's no, you're no longer identified with it, right? Its shape, its quality, its fatness, its thinness, its attractiveness, its ugliness, whatever, the, whatever we think about ourselves, right? It's not that how we see it. We can see it for what it is, which is just the elements, right? And so the, so the body is replaced visually by visualizing the yantras of the elements, very interesting idea, right? It's like there's yantras for deities that embody the, the geometric shakti or image or patterns of a deity. Um, so there's also the elements themselves have yantras. So the earth element is very simple. It's every every yantra has a square, right? The bhupura square is a perfect symbol of the earth, right? It's solid, it's contained, it's stable, it's uh, limited. All those things, these are the things, a room is square, you know, it's a perfect symbol of this, right? And, and the color of the earth, so we use the shape of the, of the element through a yantra, we use the, and we use the color of the element, right? Each one has a color, and the colors given, these are generally, there's different, like in Paramahansa Yogananda gave one set of colors, the tantras give another set of colors, the Buddhist tantras use a different shade of color, the bowels have a different shade of colors, maybe the colors aren't that important, maybe they're handed down through tradition, and maybe people can find their own colors perhaps, you know? I'll give the traditional colors given in, the, in, in Devi Bhagavatam, which is a most standard list, right? The one that's come down to us. Your experiences may be different, and the guru lineage may be different. But so the, the base chakra, the color is, the yantra is square, and the color is yellow, right? And this is one of the reasons why you see a lot of the deities wearing a yellow cloth, a lower cloth is yellow. Represents the earth element, the lower body. This actually, my, I'm not wearing. You're wearing a yellow cloth. You're a perfect. The perfect symbol of a deity, right here, <laughs> in every possible way. He's a symbol of a deity, but including the way he's dressed, right? From the waist down, he has a yellow cloth. Krishna wears the yellow. Vishnu wears the yellow cloth. Ganesha wears the yellow cloth, right? This is the earth element. This is, and actually, that where do we visualize? We visualize it from the, from uh, uh from basically from the, from the navel to the to our knees, the, this this the bottom part of our body. We we visualize this way. And, and, and Ganesh is made out of turmeric, which is the yellow color. He's made from the earth. You know, the, the symbol of yellow is that color of the earth, right? And so he has a color, it has a, a symbol, it has a color, and it has a bijmantra, sound, right? For, for earth, it's lum, right? That's the uh, earth element mantra. And it has a location, a, a position in the body. And I, I mentioned it's from basically from, you can say from the floor, back it's from our knees, to our uh, navel, right? That's um, or technically to our genital, really. I think we'd probably say it right here. So you imagine, in place of your body, you imagine a square yellow yantra, square, and visualizing and and with internal with the sound lum, right? Above that is after water is water. Yeah, after earth there's water, right? Yeah. Water. So the water yantra, the water is connect, connected with the moon, with rasa and juice, soma, right? And so the moon, we see it, imagine, and, and water you also hold in a bowl or a cup. These are, these are symbols of, of like that. So imagine a cup made of the crescent moon, 
and the color that is silver, a silvery color, like moonlight, uh, silvery moonlight, <laughs> I could say, bluish silvery moonlight, gray silver, blue moonlight, right? And so imagine that, and so the the, the it goes from from the um the, the from the navel to the genitals, the cup would be there, right? Filled to the brim with nectar, moon, moon, the color of moonlight, right? Silvery moonlight. And if you get more more elaborate, at the tips of the, if you imagine a crescent moon, at the tips of each of each crescent is little lotuses. Tantrics like to visualize more and more and more. Not that it can be simple. I'm going to give me a really simple thing. Yeah, I mentioned little tiny lotuses. Very important. To get in a lot of, you know, the moon has her own uh, uh, bling. You know, it has to be. She's full of sparkle. She sparkles. You know, or he sparkles. So, uh, so that's the second. And the mantra for the moon, or therefore for water, is vam. Right. That's the water mantra. So lum, the square, yellow, the moon. Full of water, uh, nectar, vam. Then fire. Fire is a downward-facing triangle, right? And it goes. It would go from the the t- the bottom tip. Imagine it like a and its color of the, oh, here's the shape for the, the the bottom part of the triangle would be at the navel, and the and the two parts would be pretty much where your where your breast or chest is, right? So imagine in place of your body, you'd imagine this, and just like a, a tree that has has the um. If you look at that yantra there. It has the uh, bupur, those gates, you know, the four gates that come out. It's not just a square. So this triangle would also be seen with three gates. Can you visualize that? You have the triangle, but it also has a little gate this way, the gate this way. So that shape is a very dramatic, dynamic shape. And the and it's a color of fire, kind of orangey-red is the color for that. And the mantra for that is ram. Right? So lam, vam, ram. Then after fire is air. So air, you can imagine, of course, because these they're, they're not identical to where the where the chakras are, but they are they're close enough to where the chakras are, right? So um uh, so air our, our air is in our lungs and and and, and the chakra and all of the our organs of breathing and in, as, in, in uh, um, respiration and those type of things are around there our lungs and other things are there also, but so it's also can visualize here and there it's imagined. <coughs> The shape, the shape is that of a of a hexagon, a six six, right? Hexagon, six sided, kind of a six uh, sided square, six sided square. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. A six sided square. You got it right. <laughs> a six sided hexagon. Yes. <laughs> See, I can't even say that. You know what I mean? But so, but but what are, what are the so it's the shape here. If you imagine the shape, right? But what's it made? What's the hexagon made out of? Tantrically, in yantra, it's made of two yantras. A, like a, you imagine the Shiva Shakti, the Star of David type of thing. So you have this triangle on this triangle, and you have imagine drawing a line, making dots at each of the of the six points of the six of the two triangles, and then drawing lines and connecting them, and then erasing the triangle. <laughs> Right, you end up with that's how. So the shape is that of hexagon, but it comes from the union Shiva and Shakti. But the Shiva and Shakti has been, has been forgotten, right? It's it's left in the background, and the shape is given. So water is a very interesting thing. It has shape, and it doesn't have shape. It's a very type of thing, right? And so it's imagine, imagine, but it's it's but the lines are seen almost like you can almost imagine like dotted lines, right? They're barely there, and the color for air is like grayish blue, grayish green. 
like this. You know, that's how you lead something in that category. Um, and so, and, it, and the, where it is, the top of the of, of the six dots, or the of, of the not pentagram, but hex hexagon. Imagine pe- we'll work with pentagrams of different glass. <laughs> that costs extra. That costs extra, but I, <laughs> we can teach that class. <laughs> Special online course. <laughs> the, uh, so the so the top of the uh, top of it is here, and the bottom one would be kind of where the where the triangles left off, right, with the at the at the at the chest, right, and then the two the that's the top and the bottom, and then the other two are you imagine it goes down like this, right, and you imagine that shape with the with the mantra yam. Yam is for air, right? Yam. Then above air is space. That's space. So, so space. So it's very hard. What do you give a symbol to space? So for space, it's given. Imagine a like a sphere, right? But like a crystal, or not a crystal ball, a glass blown ball. You know, like a glass sphere that's empty. So it's like it has shape, but it's 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 a perfect symbol of of nothing, you know, something to give something a nothing, right? And that's visualized from where you left off here to the top of the head, in place like that is space, right? We're in the mantra yam, yam, hum, hum. So lam, vam, ram, yam, hum. So now you look down at your body, and you, instead of your body, you see the elements that make your body, and then the senses, and instead of, and those elements go to create the senses. Go to create the elements, go to create the organs, you know, the tanmantras, the gyanindriyas, the karmindriyas, the, uh, like this, right? So, so when it says, imagine, feel that the 24 cosmic principles and the, the, all of them are emerging this up, this is, now we can do that. Now we've, we've set it up, we can, no, we can, let's, if we're to imagine, just say, oh, just feel that the four, 24 principles have emerged, okay, you can do that. If you can do that, awesome, right? But I can't do that. I don't know what that, I don't know what that means, you know? Uh, uh, so we can do that by we can visualize what would it look like geometrically, right? That, that's another that's another issue, right? So we can now we can create the geometry of it, right, through the yantras, and then merge the yantras. So that's something. It's like we did first with the kundalini and the shakti, and and the kundalini piercing the chakras going beyond. Now we can go back and clean, bring it. Okay, we've left. Now we can go back and clean, bring it all up, right? We we've merged. Now we need to get the body to merge. All the elements of the body to merge, so you can feel that the earth element or the earth yantra with the mantra is mer- absorbing and merging into the fire, ele- the, fi- the water yantra, the water yantra merging into the fire yantra, fire yantra merging into the air yantra, air yantra merging into the space yantra, space yantra then merging into mind, ego, buddhi, mahatattva, mahatattva, all the different uh, until until it merges. So that's also a very powerful way. You can just like you can absorb it right up, right? So that should be that's like a perfect place to be in, right? You've experiencing the super sensuous joy, uh, infinite uh, bliss of, of the union, right? Uh, um, and absorbed all the elements, the entire universe that that it constitutes the constituents, constituents. Anyway, the things that the universe is constituted from what's the word anyways uh, back to back from from which they came everything came from that consciousness we bring it back into the and absorb it in that consciousness so now in this state of absolute experiential imagined actual non-duality right okay, even if it's imagined we're actually stating the truth this is actually the truth of the whole thing that's why it works right 
So in this mantra, it's Dhyam Linga Shariram, dry up the subtle body, burn up the causal body. So this fire that we've invoked, that's burning everything up, how do we do In order to burn something up, right? you've pulled everything up, you, you're out of the way, you're, the elements of the body have been absorbed. What's left? The body, the shell of the body, right? the physical part, the, the most, the, the leftover part. right? But what do you do with that? Right? You have to, if we want to burn that, Right, you have to like anything in a fire ceremony. You have to dry it and you have to burn it, right? So, so this the next set of pran. There's another set of pranayama we mentioned last week. The first set of pranayama. This one is very conscious, done with mantras and visualizations, and, and very heavy intention, very intentional. Sagarbha, as we said last time, was great intention, deep inside intention, right? And so, same thing. We we we, we do the um the, the pranayama. We inhale through the left, right? and the left is um, left is air, is um, left is uh, is ida, right? Ida, which means moon, right? It's cooling. So that's the very thing. Ida and pingala, there's there's sun and moon. So some breath are cooling, some breath are heating, right? And usually we always start with cooling, go hot, and then we always end cold again. Right, that's always our thing. Otherwise, you get you're unbalanced. Right, there's a system to it, where you always start with the left nostril and you always end with the left nostril again. Right, except here, here we'll end it with the right nostril. Right, it's because this is a very this is a shakti practice. It's not a normal thing. Right, so um, I think that's right. Did I get through it? <laughs> I imagine I haven't I haven't talked I haven't described this in a very long time. So. <laughs> is this the so, so you and this is done with with counting beach mantras, right? And doing things very with with appropriate visualization. <laughs> and as you inhale, you imagine the color of air. You can inhale air because you need to dry things up. Yam linga shiridam in the mantra we chanted, right? You dry up into month, and so the color of air it is a grayish, uh, blue, gray, green, gray type of color. However, it works for you. Imagine and coming breathing in. Of course, you're breathing in air. It's not hard to imagine. Breathing in air, but because you're breathing in air, you know. But <laughs> this is this is one of the easier ones, <laughs> more obvious, right? Right. And you chant four times the the air bij mantra, yum, right. And as you feel the the the, uh, the air, the, uh, the grayish in color, the essence of air, grayish in color, entering your body, right. And as you plug your nose and you count the same mantra, yum 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 yum, sixteen times. This is at four, sixteen, eight ratio or the equivalence, right. Now we, as we do that, we hold yum 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 yum. We visualize Papa Purusha. Papa Purusha, Papa Purusha means a sinful man, the man made of sin. Another way to say it, right? And so he's an interesting character. We visualize him. He's described in the chastras, the size of your thumb. It's like remember we had the souls also the size of the thumb. This is the shadow of that, right? So he lives in the, in the left side of your belly. Right? All of you, he's there. Trust me. You know, there are certain times when you're doing something, you're like, oh. <laughs> like that's him going, yeah, yeah, poking, you're getting ready, you know. <laughs> we all feel him sometimes in the gut, you know. We, we, we know it in our gut sometimes, you know. So he's seen, and, but we never see him. Now, imagine, he's usually hiding there. And he's, what is he made out of? He's made out of the residue of all of our sins. Right, so the thing is, and we don't see, the thing is we, we, we've done, we don't know why we do things or what we've done. Right, most of our, I mean, this life is barely in our consciousness, but to speak of in limitless past lives, we have no idea our past sins. Even, I mean, even now, it's like what I, what I did today, it's like, 
what counts as good, or we don't even know what's good and bad in daily in our daily life. We don't have enough consciousness to bring it into into full awareness, but to speak of our past. And so he hides the result of this poisoning everything, right? The, the result of our another the karmic result of all of our bad actions is there, and poisoning everything. He's there. He's we have like a cancer in our stomach, and he just is poisoning the whole system, right? Imagine like 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 on super low tide. And the water comes way, way out, right? All of a sudden, people, you go out, you go out to the beach and see everything that's been, you know, you find all kinds of stuff hidden. We've withdrawn prana, we've pulled away body consciousness, we've pulled the and we've seen what's left. All of a sudden, this little, <laughs> this little papapurusha, the size of a thumb, is left like, oh no! But he's he's not without protection. He has a big shield and he has a sword. He's like, you can imagine him, right? It's a good tantric visualization, right? And he's very dark skinned black, not black. He's black. And his eyes are red from drunkenness. And, he's, and he's, he's ferocious and he's drunk and he has a sword. and Because he's, he, he's part of that ego that's protecting itself, attacking and protecting, right? And he's described also, I, I don't have it in, in, I'm trying to remember it, I'll try, I'll try to best remember, he's, he's made up of certain things, right? It's the ancient world's list of really bad sins, right? Modern world, we have our own list, you know, you know, you know uh, Using straws at a restaurant, you know, maybe one of them. I forget what you know. Every generation has its own list of what's really bad at present, you know. But the ancient world had it. It was like, it's uh, it's that his head is made of killing Brahmins, his his throat is made of drinking alcohol, his left arm, his le- his leg. I don't remember exactly like this, but is made of, of 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 sleeping with your guru's wife. You know, things like these are like really bad things, right? You know, it's like and, and of course like and we I used to joke when I'd read these things early on, like you know, because like 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 I was a nerd and you know, like this is like high school for most even nerds. You know, like you know, a lot of the stuff is like these aren't that these aren't we don't consider these things that bad. I mean not sleeping with your guru's wife, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Better if you have a sannyasi guru then you don't have to worry about that There's no wife involved, so like that. But this is the old tradition where you go off to Guru Kul and you live with the family of the guru. Right and and boys would come of age and you know and the only woman in the ashram is 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 the young wife of the guru you know that so that's it's part of that world that that would come from you know so that's why that's listed but technically these sins that he's made out of up of are listed in the ancient world there's a word for when you when you when you do a a, a fast or something to remove a sin it's some sort of, not vrata it's um like um. Yeah, paraschitta, paraschitta, thank you. Paraschitta means for every sin, you can do something to clear it. Right? And there's texts, the Vedas are full of such texts. Actually, the Arya Samaj, that group Arya Samaj, they're famous for this. You, you can go to them and say, I did such and such a sin. Or my astrologer said, I did this in my past life. Oh, no problem. They look it up in the, in the, in the Puranas. There's Puranas, there's, oh, you need, you need to fast for so many days. It's like you're going to confession and you get a penance. There's a penance to clear it. Right? These are things that, that there can be no penance to clear. Right, so these are all listed in the ancient world as things that are un- they're not unforgivable, but they're not they're not clearable. They, the results have to be experienced. You can't just get rid of them. Right, that's the thing. Right, and it's interesting. Like like, uh, like some of the things. Uh, uh, one comment I, I was talking to uh, Swami Harinamananda the other day, and we were mentioning and he we were talking about this very topic. This we're on the same verse, and he asked a few. He asked um, maybe Sharadeshaprana, Prabhupada Sharadeshaprana, who studied a lot of puja things. From the Vedanta Society, and she was also giving her interpretation of this. And one of the reasons, like, what killing, what's considered oh, uh, Brahmana, the killing of a Brahmin, right? And and of course, actually, oh, another one's killing of a Brahmin, the killing of a woman, 
these are tools, that's another one you can, these are unforgivable sins, right? And you have to think of why that is. Because killing is never good, but killing is unavoidable. Every breath we kill things, right? But killing of a woman, what do you do? You kill generations and you kill a woman. What about her children, her children's children, her children's children's children, her children's children's children? You kill culture, you kill generations, right? When you kill, like the same thing, if you, if you cut down a tree, you don't just cut down the tree. There are thousands of trees that come from that tree. Right? The sin's greater than it's bad enough to cut down a tree, but what have you actually done? We don't know what we've done. Right? When you kill a cow, that cow has given how many people can that cow feed with milk? How many children can that cow give? How many more cows can that cow make? Right? You know, it's like it's it's a, it's it, we don't know like that. But so but a Brahmin also what happens is you kill a you kill a Veda. Right? Because the Brahmins are are, 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 are the Vedas are coming down memorized in these families. If somebody if you kill a Brahmana, there's nobody to that means that whole tradi- whole lineage is lost. So you kill a Veda, not just a person. The person shouldn't kill anybody, but you, but to kill a tradition, to kill a, a sacred tradition, is very serious. But anyway, so the Papa Purusha is is made up of all these un un um, penitable <laughs> sins, right? And so now is a perfect time to feel him and to deal with him. Right, because if I tell you, okay, let's all, I'm not going to do this because you'll see what. Even if I think about, it's like you think about. If I tell you all, think about union with God, and you all smile and get all blissed out. If I think, think about all the horrible things you've ever done. (laughs) Right, and then I think, not only that, think about what, what, what deep selfishness led you to do them. You know, like you like. I mean, even thinking about it, like, oh, don't even. We come to Kaliman like we don't talk like this. Like some churches talk about this type of thing. We don't like this type of thing, right? But the thing is, so that, because we're attached to these things, but at this point, we're union with Brahman, union with Shiva, all the elements, and super, super, super awesome joy. You know, everything, we're completely lost in everything. So now we're the most dist- uh, removed, the most detached from these things. So it's the best time to do with these things. All the time I think it's dangerous. You see, in, in, in modern psychology, Jungian psychology, we deal with these deep things, but we do some with full attachment. And maybe there's benefit to feel it like that, but I think it's also very, it can be very dangerous, I think. Right? We, we're too attached to deal with these things impersonally. And we, you need to, something you need to be official and, 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 and do it impersonally, you know. So this is a perfect time to do it. So we, we breathe in, hold, and let out. Right? And we, so as we hold, we imagine Papa Purusha you know, drying there and there. And as we breathe out, we imagine that Papa Purusha and our body, our astral, physical, causal body, is being dried up, right? Because he's being prepared to be thrown in the fire, right? So he's dried up and the whole body is dried up as you as you throw out all the moisture. And as you breathe in, you imagine that fiery, red, orange, fiery color of fire and heat, dry, hot heat. You imagine that coming in. With the month Ram, it's again these month these beach mantras for the for the for the elements, right? Ram, 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 and uh, uh-uh. and, and, and you. So now everything's getting everything's already dry. He's dry and the body's dry. His hiding place is dry, right? Now it's gotten hot and dry, hot and hot, you know hot and dry, and you see that's like that's like last week. It's hot and dry. One spark, and goes up, right? So now, now with, with you holding, you imagine we still have that flame at the base of the spine that's always burning, right? And from the kund, from the base of the, the fire burning at the base of the spine in the, kund, the pit of Kundalini, we imagine a light, a spark comes. And then the Papa Purusha and the full body, a subtle astral body, gets burnt up. Imagine it completely consumed. And as you exhale again, Aram, for eight times, 
all the ash being, you know, imagine like somebody, <laughs> we don't do that so much here in India at the common, you know, <laughs> you clear out your nose this way, you know, you, 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 all the ash comes out, right? So that's a very, so he's burnt up, you don't have a time to feel him and what made you, motivated you, how do you, you know, get in touch with your inner Papa Purusha, nothing like that, you know, <laughs> your child. Was there retention? Yeah, the, yeah that, that's the sixth scene with, uh, with, 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 with uh, Bernie. Four, and then, and then uh, inhaling the uh, uh, the air, holding, uh, just imagining him there, exhaling. There's no amount of time with the first retention. Four, sixteen, eight, the same pattern, yeah, or eight, thirty-two, or you know, whatever that works, that that pattern, right? So then inhale, fire, holding, burning him up, spitting him out, or blowing him out. So now, so this, so so uh, um. Now you inhale again. This time the inhalation, the the retention, and the exhalation will be different mantras and different visualizations, right? This one we've done fire, fire, and air and fire, right? Now we're going to use tum. Tum is the mantra for the moon, right? Right, and so that's part of hatha yoga. Means the, the, hatha has a couple meanings. The obvious meaning is hatha means forceful. Right, so you, it's a it's a it's a powerful practice, right? So using prana and mandas and mudras, it's moving shakti, right? So it's like, but hatha that's probably its original meaning. It's probably the oldest meaning. There's there's some modern scholarship saying hatha means force, force, right? But yogis pull apart the words in different ways, and what does it mean? So they say ha, it's a union of hum and tum, hum tum hatha yoga, ha or ta, right? And that means the moon and the sun. Right, hamism is a is a is a mantra for the sun, right? Uh, and so the union of hat ham tam is the union of ida and pingala, right? So that that's uh, the, the, that hatha yoga is a, is a way of balancing ida and pingala balancing. So that the new that when sun and moon are in balance, fire is awakened. When ida and pingala are in balance, um, kundalini is awakened, right? When the lunar mind and the solar mind are surrendered to each other, this means our logical mind. The solar mind is the logical mind. The world of our waking mind and the so, and the solar mind, the imaginative, mystical, dream type mind. When that is in union, then something else. That's not the goal either, right? This world is not the goal, and some the the imaginated subtle world is not the goal. The subtle world, right? Right. It's we want the reality that interpenetrates everything. We want the fire to come up, right? So, so tam is the mantra for the moon. And as we inhale, we're imagining we're 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 bringing in the cooling. After this hot and ashy type of thing, cooling um, light of the moon, silvery white light of the moon, right? And we're absorbing, pulling it in, and holding it in the forehead. So that could we have a moon in the forehead, right? It is, we have many chakras. We mentioned some chakras, but there's many, many more chakras. Like between the Agna chakra and the Hastara, there's eight or nine chakras mentioned. I mean, more than that, these are the ones that are mentioned in the classical text, right? The one we're talking about here is right pretty much in the center of the forehead. If you were to like just you know somebody were to like you know, you know somebody you ask a oh, father can you give me a blessing and the priest puts his hands on your forehead that's this is exactly where the uh, it's called soma chakra we have a moon there and moons have a quality they're full of amrita maybe not literally but we believe in like in Ayurveda moon is what gives soma it, 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 the juices of the plants and everything is is nourished by the moon right and so soma is another is the Ayurvedic word, or, Ved- or even Vedic word for uh, uh, Amrita, right? And so we have an ocean, actually, of nectar, 
right, in, in the forehead at all times, right? And it's dripping. It gets, it's can also connected to certain uh, related, not connected, but uh, or in, in conjunction or re- relation to certain glands, like the penile gland, the pituitary gland. We can can see them connected this way. Uh, the chakras and the, and the organs are connected to each other, as we mentioned, right? And so this amrita is always dripping. So we always have, if you look at that shivalingam outside, Baba Dakshinishwar, above him we have the Goripitam, we have the, 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 the lingam, we have the, the naga, and we have this copper vessel that's full of, wa- that's full of water, and it has, a, uh, and, and it has a, a little hole and a string going down, and all, all day long it's just dripping water, and it's falling on the head of Shiva. Right, that's happening. That's that's happening inside of us, according to yogis. Right, we have amrita in our forehead all the time dripping, but we also have suns and fires. The moon's in our body, and so is the sun, and so is fire. And so they get they get dried up. The nectar gets dried up, and burnt. Right, and so hatha yoga, in the hatha yoga system, right, they believe that this is why we get old. Right, is that this nectar of immortality, this uh, fountain of youth type thing, the liquid is constantly is being burnt. Right. So there's a, so some Hatha yogis are really interested in living a really long time, right? So Ramakrishna warned against this type of Hatha yoga. You become body, too body conscious. There's a reason for it, because we have sadhana's sadhana's not easy and it takes a long time, right? And you know we finally wake up a little bit and by that time our back hurts, and, then it's, <laughs> and, 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 once, and once the back hurts we're all, we're finished. You know it's only a matter of time before we we we're in junior high school again. Right, and we have to take, it may take a long time to, to wake up again. So it's like, so some people they, they make it a point to live a long time so they can they can do their sadness properly. Then there's these really radical practices that people you hear about, like kayakalpa, where like regenerate their body, or more more fantastical things of leaving the body and entering another body. You know, my Guruji knew he used to tell me this fantastic story of this one. He says, "I my presence I've seen." Right, this one yogi he got old, old age. Right? And then he said, no, no, I'm not finished with my sadhana. I, cannot, I don't want to start over again. I'm so close. Right? In such and such a village, one boy has died. Go get his body. Right? So they got his body, and then he left his body and died and entered that body. And that little boy, he was a like 16, 17-year-old Muslim boy. I mean a Muslim boy because the, the, the Hindus would burn their bodies too quickly. Right? You know? And all of a sudden, he became... And so I heard the story. Just these, I mean, I was 16, 17 years old, this greedy telling... Just yogi stories. Yogis tell yogi stories, really far out stories. <laughs> Until one year we went, we went, and we went to that ashram, and all of a sudden they're showing me, oh, you want to see the samadhi of our Guruji? Yes, yes, yes. And there are three samadhis. <laughs> <laughs> because he lived in three bodies at the same ashram, consciously. You know, it's like I don't I don't true, not true, I don't that I don't know whether or it's or it's a fantastical claim, you know, that requires extraordinary evidence, right? But uh, but uh, 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 but Guruji, that Guruji told me that story, and then I went to that place. You know, so anyways, I'm not telling you this. I'm dealing, but the, we have Amrita dripping, <laughs> and Hatha yogis sometimes are very conscious of how to catch that, right? Even certain asanas are designed to catch that, like the shoulder stand, or the neck. There's certain things that are designed to reverse the flow and catch the flow and swallow. There's there's ways, you know, the, uh, through um, the, um, uh, um, uh, Kachiri mudra to, to increase the flow and then swallow the nectar and spit out the poison. There's all these. Every system has their own way of trying to do something with it, you know. But it's happening all the time. So this is we're doing something with it in a, in a more gentle way. You you uh, the moon and as you hold it, so you 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 absorb. You imagine all that the nectar gathering in the moon in the forehead, and then and as, as you hold, you imagine that nectar falling down and wa- washing 
the entire system, washing everything, all that ash and everything, they're being washed clean, right? Like a rain of nectar, right? And it said it actually says that the nectar is coming from the the, the letters of the alphabet, but it gets more deeper. You know, we, we won't get into, we won't get a chance to get to that today, right? But uh, the moon, then Amrita, the mandala of the moon has all the, the nectar comes from the matrika, the letters of the alphabet. The deep topic, which we won't do. But I imagine that the, from the moon coming from the letter of the alphabet, Amrita is pouring down. Actually, in this symbol of the Shiva, of the snake coming over Shiva like this, there's always, he has his fangs sticking out, right? Or his tongue or his fangs like this, right? So we have a moon here full of nectar, right? And the, when the Kundalini comes up, there's one, there's one visualization, comes up, comes over, and what happens is it spreads his hood, and his fangs are right here at the forehead, right? So actually he bites the moon. This is another symbol. And then uh, uh, releases that, that uh, the nectar that's hidden in the moon, that cup of the moon at the base we talked about earlier, right? Now we, we, we waken that and, 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 and bathe. Yeah, last week we mentioned the mantra that we worship that lady who, who moves in the, in, the, in the path along the spine, who's like fire in her ascent and like nectar in her descent. This is part of that descent. She, fire, I mean, she comes down as nectar. So here's one visualization where the nectar pours down and washes everything clean. And then as you exhale, also, oh, so, the, um, um, so you inhale tam, the moon, as you hold and visualize the nectar falling, then it's vam. Vam is water, right? So it's a wash everything clean, nectar. And as you exhale, the mantra is lam. Lam is earth. Because you want to feel yourself strong, solid, grounded. And whenever you do, we talked about last week, every time you do dynamic, especially pranayama type of things, there's a danger of becoming unbalanced. Almost a guarantee of becoming unbalanced if you're not careful, right? So sometimes it's just... I mentioned act normal. That was the mantra, right? And act normal, and, and that's one of the ways to balance yourself. So this is a way of this is a grounding. We sometimes we use that. We have to ground ourselves. Get you know, get grounded. You know, sometimes you like, sometimes you. Know, I see people like you know, like hold the ground and you know, like go laid face down on the dirt or something. Get yourself fully, fully, fully back down. You know, so this is one process. You know, so that so that's so that's big. We've just destroyed Abhuta. We we've destroyed um, um, Papa Purusha. We burned them up, then we washed, we washed, we dried them up, burned them up, spit them out, right? Called the moon, washed, washed everything clean, and then made everything solid. So another way, this is this is a, a, a cool uh, tantric visualization, right? Another thing you can imagine, what we're doing this is also called this is the cremation, right? What do you do in cremation? The body is prepared and 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 and, and then lit on fire, right? And then when it's all lit on, when the ashes is cleaned and thrown into the Ganga, right? And then the whole place has to be washed, right? So it's the same thing. This is actually, this is, the, this is a, we're reenacting daily our cremation, right? This is the essence of the sannyas rite. It's called Viraj Homa, which is the performing of the cremation rites, visuals for visual, visualizing. So actually, every minute, whether you're doing this elaborate visualization, a little black, red-eyed, drunk, uh, Brahmin killer in your stomach, you know, whatever, 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 whatever he is, um, uh, 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 daily or not. When you when you meditate and you bring your mind beyond, when you forget the body and you think of God, that's Bhuta Shuti. That's the same thing in a simple way, and that itself is your cremation, right? You die to the world at least for a few minutes, a few seconds, or a few minutes, or half hour, whatever it is, as long as you can hold it, right? Or it could be a whole life, you know. That was that that's the idea. 
So when this is done, so this Palapurusha character, I forgot to mention, Sri Ramakrishna has one of, really, a lot of these things take on very dramatic and real, they get really real with Sri Ramakrishna. So during his sadhana, he experienced um, uh, an image described just like Papa Purusha, more or less. He described how he was dressed and how he looked. Jump out of his body, right? Uh, described just like him, right? And then another form came out of his body. But he was dressed. He was, he was dressed like a sannyasi in orange cloth. And he was holding the tree and he looked just like him. The little Ramakrishna jumped out of Ramakrishna holding a trishul, right, and like that. And they fought, Papurusha and this, this sannyasa. And he stabbed Papurusha and killed him. And then jumped back into his body. Right, so that's that's Bhutashir. And then after that, actually, there, this was a simple, and actually, a lot of a lot of struggle was happening in Sri Ramakrishna's body at the time. Right, with this, a lot of it was cleared. Right, there was, this was a major pop. This was like once and for all pop of uh, uh, Right, and then the question, of course, what what sin did Sri Ramakrishna perform? Right, what was the Papurusha? So it, it becomes there's interesting. Swami Shardananda talks a little bit about this in the in the Great Master in the Lila Prashanga, in Ramakrishna's Divine Play. That it it has many reasons for it, but that's what we're trying to, what we're pretending to do, imagining to do, right? Trying to do. He he, they didn't try to do it. It happened with him, you know. So then, so so then, so now you have to. Everything's in a pretty good condition. You have to, you have to bring everything. You have to, you have to undo everything. Come back into your body. Right, bring Kundalini. So, what do you do? First, you bring back the elements back to their thing. So, you imagine from from the from from Mahatattva to Manas to Buddhi to Ahamkara to you know go the order of to space, to air. To water. you imagine from that them coming out, right, evolving back out. They're coming back out from their union, right. So then you imagine the the space yantra, which is that globe, with the uh, hum, then the air yantra. Yam, and then the fu- the fire yantra, vam, uh, ram, water, vam, and then earth, lam. You put everything back in its place, right? But now everything's come out, but they still have their memory, the echo. They the they 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 realize that their source is in the infinite. Our problem is we're we're our source is in the infinite too, but we don't realize it. We for, it's been too long. Right, we've 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 been at this too long. Right, you know, you, when your kids go out to play, it's it's great. You know, yeah, go out, go out and come back, come up, come back by dinner. But if they don't come back by dinner, and then a week passes, the police are called. You know, it's like in well, first, and then reports are done, and maybe, you know, maybe years ago, was, was that that movie where the boy was lost on a train? Like you know, it's like an example. All of a sudden, years, and we're like that. We just we've been gone too long. It's like. Well, Will we ever get back? We don't even remember. We don't even remember what our mom looks like. I think it's one of the lines. I don't remember what they look like. It's been too long. That's that's a, that's a real dangerous position, right? So now this is the better. <laughs> we just recently we're, we're coming back out to play for a short time, just outside, <laughs> a little safely, right? Safely within the uh, the view of mom, you know. So we come uh, the the to put back the elements to put back, and then the imagine the 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 snake again comes down. Now, he's bit that Amrita, and he's going to pull that Amrita back down. And it says that, that we leave the soul, the individual, the jewel, the lamp, or the flame, at the top still, in union, because we have to witness this. And as she comes down, she brings, she bathes everything. 
The same thing when you pour, when we do pour on a shivalingam or you do abhishekam of a deity or abhishekam of a yantra, when you, of the shriyantra, you bathe the shriyantra, all those, the, the 64 billion devatas in the shriyantra get fed. Right? When we do that whole, the shriyantra puja, we do, um, we, we spend an hour and a half char, uh, charging the amrita and then we take it and we just pour it on the shriyantra on the yantra again and again, right? We're feeding everything. And just like every union has rasa, has amrita, has some liquid, some juice, right? You, 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 you eat something, saliva comes. In sexual union, there's rasa. In, in spiritual union, there's also rasa, that's amrita, right? And that's visualized, given the color of red lac dye. Now, that's ulta. Right, that's what I was thinking. That's what you, what the uh, dancers use to, uh, or people will, will put the red on their feet. Maybe you've seen, and it's very bright red, like that. And that color is meant to, it's it's listed exactly. Also, is the lacta is the is the color. It's the color of blood. It's very bright, vibrant red, right? And this is why Kali has a lot of red symbolism. It's blood symbolism. And some places will actually offer blood. Here we, it's become symbolic. We offer red hibiscus and red flags and red strings and red cloth and red kumkum and red, <laughs> red, red. Everything is red here, you know. So we're not actually spraying blood everywhere. It's a different temple, right? But you see, what is it? Blood, blood is life. It's prana. It's, full of, it's a perfect symbol of pure prana, right? So that's what's being fed. That's the amrita that comes from this, right? So as it comes down, all the billions of deities are being fed. All the every every uh, um, every nuance of the body, every deity in the yantras and the chakras are being nourished. Their vahan, the the deities or consorts, their attendants, their 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 uh, vahanas, or everything is being fed. Right, every aspect of creation is being fed. And as the snake comes down and rests again at the base of the spine, right, everything is transformed and washed and clean and nourished. Right, she who is like fire coming up and nectar coming down. Right, so now the self, the jiva, the individual sense of self. Is brought from the from the top back into the heart, right? But now it's what type of heart? It's not we're, we're trapped. It's not trapped, right? It's now uh, it can so it visualizes, imagined in one place in our heart, but now perceiving and spreading and extending in all directions infinitely, right? There's one song we would kind of describe as God is the uh, a circle who's whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. Right? That's one definition of God. And then the, the, the individual is a circle whose, whose center is somewhere, right? but whose circumference is everywhere. So this is when we invoke that idea. We're one place, we, 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 we expand infinitely everywhere. So that actually is, that's Bhutashuti. That's a lot. Right? Now you're back at your place, and you're in a, but now you're in your body, and you're in your, and you're in your individual. You're again an individual, individualized, but not the same. Now clear, right? And there's a presiding deity of this practice, right? It's also mentioned, right? And her name is Prana, Prana Shakti. Prana Shakti has her own rupa. I brought a picture of her. Last week I had prepared to to give her her exact details, but she's visualized in in the Chittakash. And Chittakash has many meanings. It's a space of consciousness. And the space of consciousness, where do you visualize a space of, space of consciousness? Isn't an, everything is in the space of consciousness, right? But there's still a way, like like when you're learning like exercises, like you're learning to use a muscle you don't know you have. Somebody may try to do this and do this and try to visualize that until you, you get at it, right? So the Chittakash is one of the ways that yogis have given it is to imagine 
a space above your head and in front of your head, in front of your face and above your head, so like up here. So that's a way of spatially thinking of something that's the space of consciousness, of putting that in space, right? So you visualize above the head in front of you, and you visualize prana shakti. She's described in her Dhyan Mantra, and she's in an ocean of red blood. Not gory, it's not like a, like a vampire movie, or like that, you know. This is a symbol of prana, prana, right? And she sits on a, I believe, a six-petaled lotus, also bright red. And she herself is bright red, naked goddess with six arms, right? And I'm forgetting that. I think she has a... You, you, give me that. Give me that. She looks a lot, something like this. This is my book, Tattvashuddhi, by um, uh, So she has a noose, a, 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 a trishul, a bow, five arrows, a hook, and a skull, skull cup, also full of blood. Right, so these are, so this Pranashakti. But her worship, she had, because she's the one who presides over everything we've done. We've, we haven't done anything. We're moving our consciousness and moving our prana. That's all we're doing, right? This whole thing is in her realm. Right, uh, nothing's happened. We're, we just, if somebody else looking at us, you, you you sat there the last twenty minutes. Get on with it. And puja's getting late, right? You're just sitting there. The boring. This is the boring part of puja for everybody else. The puja is sitting there doing like, it's like say something, sing something. People are losing. Time. It's like, Madhuri, Shiva Kali, do that song. You know, we have to do a song at that point, yeah. Uh, because you're sitting there, and and if you say no, no, I I my kundalini and then I absorbed all the elements and awakened, killed Purusha and bit the moon and brought down the nectar, like, yep, <laughs> okay, you know, like whatever. Maybe you've done it, maybe you haven't done it. Whatever has been done, it's in the it's been the realm of Shakti, right? So she's worship, but you don't need to. How do you worship prana? You don't. You can't worship prana. You don't need to. You only have to. The thing is, prana, everything we do is by the power of our of prana. We breathe by her shakti, by its shakti. We think, we move, we breathe, everything we exist because of prana. Prana is the radiating power of kundalini, as we described. Right? And so, all we have to do is notice her. That's the way we, we don't know. The things that, just think about it, actually, worship is just noticing God. Right? All we're doing is trying to put our attention on God, what's already there. That's called puja, that's called meditation, that's called everything, right? So this is the same thing we don't have to do. There's no mantra. I mean, there are pujas and mantras and mudras and things you can do. But the text is simply simply see her. And if you're just seeing, visualizing her, feeling her in that space of consciousness, in the chitakash, right, that is her pranam. Right? Sometimes, actually, we don't need a lot of it. Like, we do... Those, everybody here probably does so much for their family and their friends. Like, you don't need huge... But you want to be at least noticed, maybe not recognized, at least noticed, <laughs> right? It's by noticing is a is a big thing. Somebody notices what people have done. It's a very big thing. So that is the. Uh, uh, so I'll re- uh, uh, visualize the Kundalini coming back down from the crown chakra through the path of the Shushumna, piercing the chakras, returning to Mudra Chakra at the base of the spine. Feel that that supersexual bliss of the union of Shiva and Shakti is descending as a thick red liquid and feeding all the deities and the chakras. And then this visualization of Prana Shakti. That is the end of Bhuta Shuti. I mentioned one last thing because the next next week, God willing, we'll do the Jivanyasa, which is a very deep thing. Why this has all been done? But then before Bhuta Shuti, we did this purification of the or the protection of the three bodies. This was Amhu Oma. Amhung Pat Swaha, I think. No, we did um, Om Kring Swaha, I forget. 
Om Kring Swaha, Om Kring Swaha. Om, here's a Vyapakanyasa, same thing. This is Om Am Hum Tat Swaha. Same thing, the three bodies, the three minds, the three, you know, three worlds, everything is purified like this. In such a situation, right, now, we, now we're out of the way, theoretically. And even if we're there, we're barely there, hopefully. Right. And actually, this pujas could be over. This is the essence of puja. But actually, puja is not over, because yes, union is wonderful. But Ma manifested for a reason, because she wants relationship. Right. Shiva and Shakti, the problem is with Shiva here and Shakti down here is that they've been away for too long. You know, it's like, like you, don't want, you don't want your kid to run away and get lost, but you want your kid to go out and play. Right, that's part of it. So you shouldn't. It's 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 it, when when the play goes too long, it gets dark and dangerous, right? But for, for but you want it. So there's a reason. The the duality with the non-duality is for a reason. And puja is recognizing the non-duality behind everything, but also recognizing why duality exists in the first place for this loving relationship. So now we want to experience that same thing we experience or imagine in union. We want to in, in identification. We want to experience in seeming separation. Right, not exactly separation, right? Sami Vivekananda, Sami Chaitananda, I think he quotes Thakur, but I I I I remember the the image from Sami Chaitananda's example, but I know he's he didn't make it up, but he uses it's an old village I think Thakur's example, where a husband and wife are extremely intimate, physically intimate, nothing's hidden, right? But in public there's some separation, right? And there's but even but even even in public and you have to be more formal, you can't be too affectionate publicly and can't show too much, right? But still, you know you know the relationship, even from a distance. Even or, or talk with Jews, even through a veil. At home there's no veil. In public there may be a veil in the in the old culture. Right? But still that, that separation, there's some there's some sweetness to it. Right? There's a re, there, there's that's part of the relationship is also part of the union is also the union and separation. Right? And uh, 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 or Thakur said, you know, I want, I want to taste sugar, not be sugar, right? You know, we're all sugar, but sugar just being sugar is not sweet. Sugar is just sugar, right? So in order for sugar to be sweet, there needs to be a taster of sugar, right? So that, that, that seeming separation is something. So we, that should be how our life is, the overflowing of our life, right? But we, we ritualize that goal of life in puja through, our, through, through worship, which is now the lover and the beloved, the mother and the child, the master and the servant, whatever the relationship we have with God, with God is. And so the next section called Jivanyasa, where we now install in this new purified body, new purified temple, we install the deities like we do install the deity here. Pranapatistan was dinner, we do it first. This is this is also her temple. This is not only this is not this is her temple, but this is also her temple. And this is all her temple, right? So we then install her here, we make a new body for her, and then she herself in separation from herself, can worship. That's us worshiping Ma. Is her worshiping herself in separation with knowledge of union? So, Adiyom Tata. Thank you for your kind of attention. Any questions? We only six minutes past our bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> Jet lag. Any any questions or comments? We'll do our. No. Not today. <laughs> Not after Bhutta Shruti. I went to. I went. To, I was in. I was in in uh, New York area for some cool things. We'll leave it at that. Jai Makali. Separately. Jai Makali.